0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: You currently locked in to the coldest nice. podcast in the land. It's your boy, B. Jones, a.k.a. Bolo, on you. Know when I'm pulling up to the porch. I can't pull up without my dog.
3: What's going on, y'all? It's your main man here, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice. And you heard Bolo just said this is The Porch. Welcome. We are back, man. Back again with another great episode lined up for you today, man. How you feeling today, Bolo?
2: Blessed, highly favored. You know I can't come on the porch unless I talk about God, man. Ten toes down. Got another banger for him. Got another one. Another special one.
3: Another special episode. I'm just getting back from Jamaica, y'all. I got, I got a little bit of a tan going on. I'm a little darker than usual. I think okay. I look pretty good, though. I'm not shirt mad off. about it. Shirt off, huh? The shirt was off, huh? man. It was, it's so damn humid you know? in Jamaica. It's so hot, but it's so beautiful as well and a uh, well-needed vacation that um, can't wait to, to, to talk a little bit more about that. But like you said, Bolo, we have another amazing episode lined up. Another special guest for you guys, as we always do. We always try to Level up each episode, bring in different stories, different perspectives. And today's special guest is a stand-up comic. Uh, she's a model, a content creator, an adult film star. Uh, she hosts her podcast um, as well. She starred in the HBO's 2016 film titled Wicked Deeds, as well as Hulu's 2020 documentary OnlyFans, the one and only sylvia sage welcome to the porch
4: hello hello thank you for having me on your front porch i love it, <laughs> I love it.
2: welcome yes.
1: welcome
3: welcome to the porch man how are you doing
4: i am so good you guys got me at the end of a long day which is you know fantastic because i'm having my glass of wine guys. Uh, yeah. so uh this is a uh, this is it for me you guys the last thing i do before i wash all this off and uh Get ready
2: for bed so i know it i know I it. Nice wine down nice little <laughs> nightcap
3: and you yeah, know always. you know usually we have to tell the guests you know beforehand hey it's okay to bring a glass with you Loops a drink a or whatever to do you no know, yeah she never say hey i don't care what they say i'm gonna bring it Unless
4: anyway she- you ain't gotta tell me yeah you ain't gotta ask
3: me you ain't gotta <laughs> tell me twice i feel that hey y'all Football season is finally here. And you know the best place, the number one place for all your sports betting needs this season? Is Bet Online. Hey, y'all, use promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V BELIEVE to get your 50% plus welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hey, y'all, man. NFL football, college football, and more football. I cannot wait. It's the best time of the year, and Bet Online is your place to be. Go to Bet Online right now. Use the promo code BELIEVE and start dropping your bets. Now, back to the porch. Oh, i'm like man. i'm
4: at home i'm not driving anywhere and i only have two more days of alcohol and then i have to be free of it for the next like six to eight weeks so wow i'm why, why redoing that? my breast um, okay so because you have to like prepare for surgery no alcohol or anything like that two weeks prior and then i'll be in recovery mode for the next six weeks after that so
2: mm. yeah. so are you just getting them bigger are you getting them like what are we trying to do yeah
4: a little Sorry. bit. Um, so these are, these guys have been tried and true. I love them so much. <laughs> I'm a little sad to see them go. Um, they've been with me for 13 years. I got them when I was 26. Okay. Um, but it's just time. You got to upgrade every 10 years. And these guys have fallen into my armpits. So I would love to have them back in the place mm. like the rest are supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, just going a tiny bit bigger just to fill out, you know, the loose skin. Like I said, there were 13 years of gravity pulling on these ones.
3: That's wow! Wow! I'm sure it has to be mixed emotions, right? It's like you're excited that you're, that you're getting some new work done, yes. but you're also going to miss, you know, your friends who've been around for you through thick and thin. Right, right? You've been through so much the last 13 years, I would imagine, and they have been right. the two things
2: that have been right <laughs> yeah. with you through it all, holding in there.
4: They've been the only thing that have been with me through it all. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is sad because you also like have to think, well, you're going under for one, which is terrifying. Of, yeah. am I going mm-hmm. to wake up? And then you have to, like, now trust in this doctor to not botch something that's going to be, you know, on you mm. for the no- another decade at least, you know? So, fingers crossed. No, so.
3: fingers crossed. And <laughs> prayers, up we know that the process of, the safe. is going to yeah. be amazing. Absolutely. It's going to be safe. You're going to exactly what you want. I do have a question. I'm glad you brought that up, though. And, and we did not plan to go here, but we're on the porch, yeah. so, let, so let's do it. As, yeah. as a woman who, who's had surgery, like, yeah. talk about, like, how nervous – is the feeling that the doctor yeah. isn't going to give you exactly what you want. Because I'm sure mm. like, we've seen times before where women post-surgery didn't get exactly what yeah. they wanted and the proportions doesn't look right. You know, things yeah. of that nature. Like, like, how do you know that this is the right doctor? You don't.
4: I mean, you mm. interview a bunch of doctors. You look at all of their, like, before and after photos and kind of see, like, what they typically put out as a product, basically. Right. And you just hope for the best, really. I mean, there's really no guarantee when you go into surgery, so it's it's terrifying. I mean, of course, I can get them redone if it's bad, but then you're just risking your life every right, time you go right running. So it's a scary yeah. feeling, and like it, it's a lot of recovery and. You know, luckily I still I'm blessed that I still have my both my parents in my life, so I fly my mom out for all of my surgeries. But oh, nice, nice. I will tell you, it's not as scary getting these done as it was getting my nose done. Ooh. Now that was something terrifying to trust because I you can't really go back on that.
2: So. yeah, absolutely. Right. I, was, I, was, right. I was I was I was I was like that process. Like, you know, I I, I typically when I see it like on TV or when I see people do it, typically now I know like kind of under the eyes are like black for a while mm-hmm. and everything. Like how, how long was that recovery period?
4: You know, it was so simple. I had an amazing surgeon. I bet I had about a week where I couldn't do much, but I recorded all of my progress um, mm-hmm. online. So I had everything on TikTok. I had it on my only fans. Okay. I mean, I was, showing everybody my bandages every single day. I have zero shame, clearly. Yeah. Um, so, and I love sharing stuff with my fans. I love being very open. I think that's part of my niche is that I am so open with my fans and I am so accessible. So I I want to seem, I am a person. So I want to seem very personable to my fans.
2: Absolutely. Ooh. That makes nah, a lot of sense.
3: I love that. And I think that's a perfect segue uh, to kind of dive into into your story a little bit more and yeah. into, into your uh your entire journey like you said you're someone who's very open to being just yeah. just being out there telling telling your fans the, the the good the bad the ugly everything in between uh and during your comment, like i said that's something that, that you do as well yeah. kind of tell me like what, what what has made you so comfortable being vulnerable um mm. on stage in front of the world uh etc
4: You know, it's funny. I don't know any other way to be. I've always been a massive (laughs) oversharer. I don't know how to, I mean, of course I know how to white lie, but I'm not good at lying in general because I will get caught up in it because eventually I'll have one too many of these and the truth will slip out and I'll just get myself caught up in stuff. So I've found it much more Well, it's easier in general, just to be upfront and honest with people. And I found the more I share about my struggles and the stuff I thought I wanted to hide from the public, you know, like uh, the herpes virus I've had, I've been Mm -hmm. diagnosed with herpes since I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how freeing it is to talk about that kind of stuff and be very vocal and just be vulnerable and tell people life hasn't been easy for me. It has been an uphill battle. And I do struggle with depression and, you know, you know, obviously a a lifelong infection disease that I'm living with. So I, I just find it's, it's more freeing for me and it helps a ton of other people feel more comfortable with who they are and what they're going through. And Honestly, my whole point to doing all of this is I just want to improve the world and leave a good legacy behind of how I made things more talkable. I want that to be my legacy. I want to be the person who makes sex a conversation piece, you know, and not an embarrassing one.
2: No, a thousand percent. And and I, I definitely could come in and it's very admirable for you to be able to touch on such t- touchy subjects that people yeah. typically kind of run and hide from. Um, one topic yeah. specifically, you know, you mentioned, you know, how you know you were molested as a child, and yeah. you know, that is some very touchy. Uh, you know, experiences to, to be able to come forward and express that to just the world in general. Um, I guess talk to is, I guess is being able to express things such as that more of a therapy like medication for you to be able to get that off your chest.
4: Yeah, it really is. What's crazy about the molestation is I didn't really talk to anybody about that until I was in my mid Mm. thirties and it was the me too movement that kind of prompted me to come out with it. And then I learned so much more about my attacker by coming out. I learned other victims of his um, and just how deep uh, it really went. So, I mean, stuff like that, I learned so much about myself. So, yeah, it's 100% therapy and feeling that, I mean, I always knew I wasn't alone. I knew early on that my molester had other victims because I had talked to them, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know the extent of his victims. Um, until getting into all that. So yeah, it was it was kind of crazy to think that, because growing up, you have so much shame around stuff like that. And why didn't I tell people? Why didn't I come out about it? Um, but to know that all of the victims, we were all kind of thinking the same thing and all living in this world of fear of if we say anything to anyone, how many lives it's going to ruin. When essentially it was just eating all of us up inside every single day. You know? Right,
3: right. And I, I would have to imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but I had to feel mm-hmm. like such a huge weight just let off your chest and off your shoulders once you were able to just come out and share that. And then the fact that you had other people who have also had that same experience, it was kind of like yeah. a community, so to speak, of people coming together and creating a safe space. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. so just talk about the, the, the shared experience, this trauma yeah. that you guys have been holding on for so long.
4: Yeah. And none of us had told our our parents, which was a big thing. I think we had kind of um, conversed amongst each other, but coming out to our parents was a big one. And I I don't want to name names because I don't want to ruin their lives now, but my molester was also molesting his sister. And so he had to come out to her, her father is deceased, but had to come out to her mother with the fact of not only was she molested, but it was by her brother, you know? So They had to go through a whole thing, but I think it was really helpful for them also to have to, you know, open this can of worms that, like I said, we've all been keeping a secret for so long, you know. Right.
2: Let me, let me ask you this, and this may sound crazy, Um, (laughs) you know, seeing that this has happened to you, right um would you say like this is kind of almost shaped you know who you are though like you know obviously the situation it was very treacherous and it was hard for you but you know you went through that that situation and you you got to that point where you were able to express that to the world and it has brought you to this point um do you look back and reflect on like that was like a big part of like you know who was created today
4: yeah I definitely do it's it's weird because when I'm writing obviously I'm in the midst of working on my hour special right now and and when I'm writing all this and I'm trudging up all this old stuff I'm like wow I don't I don't look back at my life and go it was traumatic I don't think like right. that because it was just so drawn out over so many years that it was just my life but looking back now I have this arsenal of things that happened to me and it does make me more equipped to deal with different situations mm-hmm. and I can Um, you know, connect with different people on different levels because I've gone through these struggles. And it's not just the molestation. You know, I have issues of drug addiction and, you know, I was homeless for a while. So there are definitely big struggles that I've faced that have made me more wholesome as a person. And like I said, more relatable to people. Mm -hmm. That's a fact.
3: 100% because we all go through our our own traumas, trials, tribulations. (laughs) A lot of us just, you know, for whatever reason, just haven't felt comfortable enough to to share that out loud with someone. So yeah, yeah when, you, when you have someone like you with, with your courage to speak up, it does allow other people to, to get the confidence and the courage to say, you know what? You know, I, I dealt with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. fact that she's doing it, I want to do it. I want to speak my trauma. Yeah. Or even if you have a different uh, trauma, just hearing someone else speak about their personal situation makes yeah. you more comfortable to speak out as well and shows you, hey, we're all going through different shit. This yeah. is not easy. We all have our different traumas, and I just think ultimately it's better when you at least uh, re- release that energy, share it with with people who you trust, or share it in whatever method you think uh, works best for you. Because yeah. holding holding that trauma in, even from my own experience, and uh, when you just hold it on for so long and you think you can just tough it out, it doesn't do anything for you. The positive to me in the long run, I think it's better mm, yeah. to just get that out. So, uh, yeah,
4: absolutely. And you're right; it helps other people. So why wouldn't you? You know. I think for a long time and, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but especially for me, I'm from a small town. So you always are worried about what are other people going to think about me when I say this, what, you know, what arsenal are they going to have to throw me under the bus, you know, but if you just lay it all out there and you give them everything, you're like, all right, I've given you everything. You know, there's nothing left for you to come at me. Like I've, I've put it all out there that you're not going to find anything hiding in a closet. Mm. Like I've talked about it, you know, uh, even the stuff I'd rather keep in closets. I have talked about, uh, you just got to find which podcast I brought it up
3: on. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to bring it back up to you again. You got to go do do your work. You know what I'm saying? Uh,
4: It's funny because the more popular, like I get in social media, I'm like, oh my God, I hope that some of these old episodes where I just like thought nobody would ever listen to this, Uh like just rambling on. And I'm like, I let out some things that could destroy my family. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got good stories when you have to wait for like the statue of limitations to go away for you to tell them. (laughs) That's when you
1: know,
2: Sylvia. That's when you know it's real. (laughs) Oh man, you know, you know, social media, man. We got the best researchers on social media. They're gonna go find anything, they're gonna go digging, scraping, anywhere you need to find it, they're gonna find it for you.
4: And it's terrifying.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Trust me, it's been
3: mobile times where you know, myself as a media, you know, member as well. Well, I'll go to my Twitter and say. Let me double check, make sure I didn't say some crazy shit back when yeah. I was like in high school or back something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back in 08 that I just don't even remember now because <laughs> yeah, they'll find yeah. it. They'll
4: yeah. find it.
3: So, you know, yeah. and you mentioned a point too, like, like, like you said, it's kind of like, if I put everything out there myself, you have nothing yeah. to like attack me with. It reminds me of like eight mile. If you guys seen eight mile when that last yeah. scene, when Eminem was like basically talking about himself for the entire verse. And then he passed the guy to Mike and he just, he, he choked. He, had, he didn't have anything to say back about him because Eminem had already said everything right, you were right. thinking about about myself. So
1: Yeah.
3: Um, yes. yeah. It's, it's funny
4: real. that you bring up that movie. The 8 Mile is, the, the soundtrack to that is like the soundtrack to my life. I listen to 8 Mile like anytime I'm trying to get ready for a stand-up show or something like that because it is all about like
1: mm. putting
4: yourself out there. Like this is your dream. Are you going to do it? or Are you going to walk away from it? You know, and uh, all got, of those. Like, you only
3: got one <laughs>
2: shot yes oh, it's my God. pump up take song
3: it. it really is yeah you gotta take it nah i yeah. love that man it's, it's such a an, an inspiration as well and um yeah di- diving no diving back a little bit to, to, to your story and you know as we talked about the uh molestation and going through that and i know there was a point in your life where you actually uh attempted suicide if i'm, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken as well kind of yeah. if you if you don't mind if you're comfortable with it touch on yeah. what, what what led what led to, to that point in your life was it directly connected to what you went through growing up as a as a, as a young yeah. lady
4: or was it kind of a,
3: a a combination of a lot of different things
4: oh yeah a combination of so many things so i've struggled with depression really my whole life as long as i can remember i've had suicidal thoughts and and Tennessee mm. tendencies um I haven't actually <clears throat> attempted suicide since my last uh suicide attempt which was when I was 24 that's the one um you're referring to. Yes. That attempt I um was involved in uh a lot of drugs at the time. Um I uh, was a I mean I still smoke weed and stuff like that but this was heavy drugs. I was doing a lot of, you know, pills and and meth and uh cocaine and you know all sorts of drugs and uh a lot of things had gone wrong in this particular evening and depression um, was you know, very, very heightened for me. And I took a bunch of pills, mm. slit my wrist the wrong way. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. But then I found a bottle of bleach. I had remembered a song lyric um, that talked about like drinking bleach uh, to commit suicide. And mm. so I did. And I just started tugging the bleach and that um, burns
1: <laughs>
4: really mm. bad. So I ended up calling nine one one on myself, and I told the 911 operator what I had done, and then I went black. I don't remember anything. But oh, they like snap. found my door, and apparently I was like found dead on arrival. They had to like pump my stomach. I woke up in a straight jacket in a padded room. It was a a whole deal. But yeah, that was um like I said, a bunch of different things, like kind of everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And like I said, it didn't help that I was under the influence of a a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol. And I think in fact, the night that it had happened, I don't think I had slept in probably 48 hours because I was Mm -hmm. just on a drug bender. Um, So yeah, a lot of things that were going wrong, like chemically probably for me Mm -hmm. also. Um, But just the fact of being suicidal and depressed my you know, entire like childhood and 20s, none of that really ever goes away. Even now that I'm I'm not attempting suicide any longer, I definitely still have the thoughts of it would just be so much easier to end it. You know, I think Mm. a lot of people get in their feels very hard. And I'm one of those people. And so sadness to me is overwhelming, you know, Um, and I'm just like, oh, I could just end the sadness, I could just stop hurting this bad. But I don't, try and execute it any longer. Mm. (laughs) But I think it's important to note to people that I still do struggle with depression because I think a big part of my online persona is that people always see me as this happy, healthy, you know, person, when I'm still struggling with things on a regular basis. And I need people to know that it's not Mm. everything that, you know, it's not all roses all the time. It's a daily struggle.
2: Mm. Wow. That's powerful. And we definitely appreciate you for sharing, you know, such powerful information. And I think that's, you know, important for us to know, too, because there's a lot of times where even our listeners and people just out in general in the world, we kind of drown in our emotions. And sometimes yeah. our emotions just take a hold of us. And it gets to a point where, you know, it gets the best of us uh, at times. And for you, obviously, like you said, you still have the thought, but now you're not executing on the thought, you know, for you right now, what what gives you you know, that mission to, you know, kind of just continue to push forward and and not be able to execute some of those thoughts that you may have?
4: Yeah, I think for me now, I know ways to get myself out of it. Before, I would just spend days on end in a dark room, and I would just cry and be sad. But now I know different ways to get myself out. I either go work out, or I- mm the beach. I watch the waves. I go for a hike. I do things that I know are going to release a lot of endorphins for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, surround myself with people. Not being alone is a big part of it because depression, being a little left alone with your own thoughts can be mm-hmm. a very, very place. Um, but yeah, I think for me, having a goal in mind and wanting to reach my goal is what keeps me going every day because I'm like, I want to make a big impact on the world that is mm. why i think i'm here and it's why i think i've had the life that i've had and why i've had the experiences is because i'm meant to share it and i'm meant to show people that it does get better
3: man wow no nah, we definitely appreciate that you using your own life and your own battles as a testimony uh to others yeah. who are go- going through the same thing i think is uh it's powerful i think we're all we all have different purposes on this world but i in my mind in my brain in my heart i think whatever our journeys take us i think the ultimate goal is to use whatever your skill set and your gift is to bless and help others And that's something Mm -hmm. that you know that you're doing whether it's a skill set whether it's the trauma where you use yourself as a a tool as a vessel to help others and yeah you're doing that i think that's uh yeah that says a lot about you and your character thank Uh, you no of course of course and something i want to ask you about so obviously sylvia is the name that you go go by now that is your stage name Uh, but it's also kind of become your new identity. Uh, mm. Yeah. Now your your government name is Kristen. Yeah. And I know i it's been previous podcast, you know, just doing my research and listening where yeah. you you you've talked about like Kristen, so to speak, dying, right? Yeah. And Sylvia becoming just this your new person. What would you say is the biggest difference between Sylvia
4: and Kristen?
1: Mm.
4: Yeah, huge differences for me personally. Like I said. uh, you know, I felt like Kristen made a lot of excuses of why she was allowed to be a shitty person. Um, I made a lot of excuses for why I did drugs and you know, why I would sleep with other people's husbands and mm. and just bad things, you know? Um, I wasn't making great life decisions and I was kind of blaming it all on like, well, my parents don't show me enough attention, you know, like just stupid stuff. and now as Sylvia I feel like I take control of my life I'm the one in control of every single decision I make and I love it and I'm in control and I am the boss and like I said this person has a purpose I don't think I ever had a purpose before I was still like just falling <laughs> falling down consistently in mm-hmm. life and trying to figure mm-hmm. out which way was up you know and now I've gotten it and now I've gotten like a a hold on what life is and what I'm meant to do. And I just feel so much more powerful as this person. And it's, it's weird because of course my family still calls me Kristen, but when I see someone come in my comment section from my hometown or something, and they write uh, like K or, you know, KD, which is my initials stuff like that, I get pissed. Like it just, it makes me like sick to my stomach. I'm like, how dare you? Mm. To me, it's kind of like, not that I'm trans in any way, but it it would be like, if I were, you know, transitioning from a male to a female and I've now asked you to call me Frank, you know, Mm, and then they're like, Oh, well, I'm still going to call you Kristen. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not that (laughs) person, you know? And that's not the name I've given you either.
3: Respect me. Right. Yeah.
4: Yes, exactly. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like any star that you're going to see, you know, like, uh, Celine Dion, her name wasn't Celine Dion when she started, but you still call her Celine Dion. You know, like mm-hmm. Mariah Carey wasn't Mariah Carey, Dolly Parton wasn't Dolly Parton. All these people were born somebody else, but they became this idol. You know, right. and that's who they are, and that's how you refer to them. It's a respect thing, you know. Yeah, fact.
3: Nah, well, one thousand percent. And now, before we we transition to to one part of your career, I, I got to ask you this. So you mentioned. You know, after that last suicide attempt, you went, you know, went. you basically you, you did die. They brought you back to life. Yeah. You you woke up. You're in a straitjacket in a dark room at that point. Or at what point shortly after that did your mind, I guess I would say shift to a point to where you felt like, you know what? Like, I I have a purpose here. I belong here. I, I you know, I, I am loved. Like, at what yeah. point after that did you like, you know what? Like, like what am I doing? I, I have to change some things around. Or what led to that after that?
4: Yeah, it was several years, if I'm being honest Mm. with you. So that uh, suicide attempt was at 24. It wasn't until I was 28 that I um, kind of found stand-up and I was like, I'm going to do this. Like I, I was working in hospitals um, at that time. And I I went back to working in the hospitals after the suicide and just kind of tried to shove everything under the rug. I, you know, told people I took a mental health break and I didn't tell anybody I was checked into a, well, I wasn't checked into a hospital. I was <laughs> required by the state to be in a mental ward because um, <laughs> it is illegal. And I was under the custody of the state. So mm. not my choice. Um, but yeah, so I didn't tell anyone. And it wasn't, like I said, till several years later, around 28, I kind of found stand up comedy through some friends and I started really loving it. And at that point, I kind of decided, like, I'm miserable working in hospitals. Like, I'm going to do something that makes me happy. And it was stand up. And so I started. Waiting tables again, which are bartending, I guess, not waiting tables, but bartending, which is what I had done through college to make money. And um yeah, I s- started getting into stand up and everything kind of changed like in that couple years of like realizing that I wasn't going to do what I was supposed to be doing anymore and that I was going to pursue something that actually made me happy. <laughs> you know. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So I mean, you know, talking about, you know, the comedy side of things, I guess what's been like the best moment for you on stage during stand-up? And then obviously either starting out, you know, some sometimes people hit a rough patch too. So kind of give us the oh, game see. one, the things that you know have worked for you and you know, maybe sometimes where you've uh maybe hit a rough patch.
4: Yeah, it's funny. Comedy is a tough road. Mm-hmm. I yeah. um I don't know if people were lying to me for so many years because they were either trying to fuck me or what it was, but
1: everyone really
4: <laughs> kind of like bolstered me up for so long and were like, You're so funny. You're so good at this, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to a point where you're watching your own material back to kind of critique stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, who are these people telling me I'm funny? I'm not funny. I was like, I am a horrible comic. You said that
3: multiple times before. Like, I seen another, another podcast where you said, I don't think I'm funny. I'm like, what the
2: hell? I don't understand. <laughs> but do you that. laugh at yourself though? Like, do like you laugh at yourself so or like? Is it- I laugh
4: at the stuff I'm writing. But now I will say, I think I'm getting funnier. I think I <laughs> okay, care okay. more now about <laughs> my material, and so I'm like actually taking the time to to write and like really you know rehearse my material and stuff like that but I think I was just kind of winging it before (laughs) for so long and everyone's like yeah you're great keep going um yeah so it was just kind of the wind behind my sails that I needed of just people wanting me to do shows and eventually because not giving up is huge in comedy Mm -hmm. and porn and anything you're going to do is just stick with it and keep doing it and not going away uh, has been a great success for me in both <laughs> porn and comedy.
2: Gotta stick with it. Gotta, uh, yeah. yeah. But followers. to answer your
4: question about the amazing stuff, uh, oh. Oh, an amazing thing that happened, I got to go on the road with Drew Lynch um, a couple months ago, and he just, he sells out everywhere he goes. He's mm-hmm. imputed as... Uh, So that was really fun to go and do sold out crowds in the Midwest to people who would never want to see Sylvia Sage do comedy because Drew is more like a family style comic. Um, And I'm not at all. So that was very, that was very fun to go kind of make a new audience. Um, I'm sure some of them hated me, but uh, it was good. And the amount of bad moments, you guys. I can't even count them, there've been so many, but all learning moments. The thing about comedy is, for me at least, is once I have, like once I mess up a joke on stage, I will never mess up that joke again. So Mm. every time I screw myself over, I'm like, well, that's the next time I'm gonna kill it because it pisses me off to
1: Mm -hmm.
4: miss something or mess it up. So every bad experience just makes me that much better. I hey, Sylvia,
3: like... you dropping gems right now on the porch, Rocking man. Gems. Yeah. <laughs> you don't lose, you learn, Bolo. Of yeah. course, Come man, on. you don't lose, you learn. Every bump in the road is a learning experience, just like on that football field. Me and Bolo used to play yeah. football, former athletes. You might be at practice, and, and you might watch the film the next day, and you, you took the wrong step or went the wrong better. direction. But that next practice is going to be on your mind, and you're going to make sure that yeah. you execute it perfectly. Same thing, Back. comedy, yeah. or in any other area uh, in your life as well, so. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that.
4: Let me. Yeah, ask you it's this. funny because I always say like I kind of like messing up on a joke on the first night. I like to have like a if I have a really important show, I'll schedule another show the night before so mm. I can go fuck up whatever I'm gonna fuck up, and then for the big show, I'm
1: like, well, mm. <laughs> like yeah. yeah,
3: I always wonder that's if Thomas did that, like do like a smaller show somewhere, yeah. where not gonna meet people, and then yeah, that's mm-hmm. real. That's yep. Real. So how do you come up with your material? I know all comics have different strategies of of how they do it. You have some people that, like you said, more family-focused, where they use their family as, like, their their entire gig. Or some people will just kind of freestyle and and, and make fun of fans, damn near the whole entire show. What's What's your process, typically, of putting together your material?
4: Well, mine for the longest time was obviously just, like, porn and trying to make porn somewhat relatable to people because people love hearing about it. Um, but during COVID, obviously Mm. we had all this free time, uh, I decided to write a kind of like a memoir of my life. And it started with the night I committed suicide. And it kind of goes from there, like my career and goes through the homelessness and kind of takes you through my whole journey. And because I did that, I was able to kind of process a lot of things I had blocked out for so long. And that's what I'm writing my whole hour on is kind of the process Mm. of of my come up really because I want the audience to identify with me like as a person and who I am and the struggles because I think a big part of what was missing from my comedy was relatability. Mm. When I talk about porn and you know being a successful porn actress I'm usually doing stand-up to couples and that will really put me in Mm -hmm. a very hated place you know Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear a hot woman talk about how successful she is at sucking dick you know so (laughs) I had to really like find different ways to connect with my audience and so I dug a lot deeper you know so but again once I can kind of put this out there and release the the special. I do want to get into more like everyday topics. You know, I want to I want to get into aging and the real stuff that goes on in my life, but I feel like for right now when people don't know enough about me, this first hour is going to go real deep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So like when you when you approach the stage, right, and you're getting a feel for the crowd and you know you got your jokes prepared, if yeah. you think they're not feeling it, are you going through with it? Or are you changing it up to some capacity?
4: So obviously, if I'm doing like an hour or 45 minutes, I pretty much have to stick to my material because I don't have anything right. else to go on. But if I'm doing a 10 minute, 20 minute set somewhere and I can feel that they're not comfortable with what I'm doing, I will switch it. Yeah. Mm. and i get the nervous sweats when i can feel like a crowd isn't interacting with me i immediately just like my whole body starts sweating and i'm like okay what are we gonna do
3: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you better not wear no gray on
2: that set then you know you got yeah. that gray on you're gonna see the sweat? <laughs> you one, gonna, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> pierce through but are all funny, black sylvia <laughs> like, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of there's a lot know. of comedians like i see all the time where like you can tell like it, they kind of hit like a maybe like a, a rough patch in, in the show and then they or start they, looking they at people jokes. in the audience and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then they start like kind of getting warmed up from like looking at people and cracking jokes with people in the audience and stuff like yeah. that to kind of build their material from there. And I'll be picking up on it a little bit. I'm like you wasn't thinking that when you was coming out here.
4: Right. <laughs> well the thing is is it's it's hard because as a comic, I feel like most of us want to write jokes and write our material but also being a live performer, a big part of why people come to comedy shows is to be involved in the show. Yeah, right, as much yeah. as they say they don't want to be like, oh, don't talk to me. They do. They, they want it. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants to have your little moment to shine, you know? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to involve your audience a little bit in order to make it a personable show. Right, you know? right. Right, and I think of, Russell Peters does it the best out of anyone I've seen because he does a smooth transition <laughs> between material and crowd work that is phenomenal.
3: Mm, I, I I gotta go check it out. I gotta go check, and I think I this do. is a perfect segue too uh, to my next question. Speaking of crowd work and dealing with fans, talk about like dealing with hecklers during during your show. I'm, I'm sure you've had at least a couple yeah. of shows where someone maybe drank a little too much <laughs> or whatever, and they're just trying to implement themselves into your show how do you deal with that
4: (laughs) oh my god i deal with it so horribly Ah. i am not good with hecklers honestly i don't really have them i've had very very few hecklers usually it's positive stuff um of them just wanting to interact with me on stage and i can handle that but i remember i had one negative heckler one time and uh (laughs) funny enough it was a a a show at a strip club and I know for a fact like the guys didn't understand that there was going to be a comedy show and then I'm up there talking about porn but I've got all my clothes on you know and they're very confused and this one just asshole on the front just screaming stuff the entire time and I took it so horribly I started crying and I got off stage like I just couldn't I couldn't handle him like he was just combating me with everything I said. And eventually I just like my eyes welled up with tears and I was just like, fuck you. And I just, but again, it was this club that, you know, a show at a strip club, like it was fine. Didn't like, right.
3: (laughs) Didn't go viral or anything like that. Right. right.
4: Yeah, exactly. It was all
3: good. That would nice piss right. me off too, though. I could not imagine just being on stage. I prepare for this. I'm trying to like stay locked in. And you just
4: keep yes,
3: like, like leave me, leave me the fuck alone. Like I'm trying yeah. to, I'm, I'm working <laughs> up here. Imagine yeah. being at your job and somebody just in your ear just saying something. Yes, like come <laughs> on, get out my face. Like, get it. the fuck up. Get <laughs>
1: right. the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> somebody <laughs> grab his
2: can't. ass. <laughs> People don't
1: see it as a job. People are just like, oh, this
4: guy is like talking out of his ass on a microphone. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like. It, people are working towards putting something. time into it yeah exactly yeah years and years that's what years. a lot of people don't understand i mean i'm 11 years in as a comic and i'm just now starting to feel like okay i'm right i feel good about going on to a stage you know right Maybe. i didn't feel good for a very long time <laughs> nah i feel like
3: that man so yeah. The thing about you, Sylvia, that's so unique, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, is not only do you do stand-up comedy, but you also do porn. Now, tell yes. us, man. First of all, question one: What led you to start doing porn? And then, number two, talk about how do you find the balance of yeah. you know putting out that content versus preparing mm. and putting out the comedy content because those are two different worlds. Two different yeah. worlds.
4: It is. So fucking tough. Okay, first off, money. That's what initially got me into it. <laughs> I <laughs> I <laughs> wanted a way because I had moved to LA for comedy, but um, I didn't have a plan. I had gotten my apartment and my rent was, you know, $1,800 a month for a studio apartment, which was to me crazy because I had just come from Kansas where I had a two-bedroom apartment for $600 a month you know so Mm. the cost was so crazy different and like I said I didn't have a job lined up I wasn't prepared I was just like I'm gonna go figure it out and then I (laughs) figured that it was really hard and really expensive to make it in LA so initially porn was like to make ends meet and I was like okay if I make four movies a month. I'll have enough money to support myself and go do stand-up every night.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And then I started making like 20 movies a month. And it was, I was doing porn during the day. And then I would go and do comedy at night, almost every day. It was like this going from one set to, a, you know, another basically, mm. <laughs> you know, being one kind of performer and being another. And it was exhausting. But luckily... OnlyFans, and you mentioned it, that documentary that I got to do for Hulu um, about OnlyFans, that kind of changed my life in so many different ways, Um, financially being a huge one, um, (laughs) because when that documentary came out, my numbers just shot up like crazy, and so now I don't work for companies anymore, I work for myself, and I shoot Mm. my own stuff, but it's still a hard balance, I mean, I'm still constantly, like, I've got two shows this week, you know, so I'm constantly... You know, writing and trying to find time to film during the day and then go do shows at night, rehearse during the day, write during the day, but Mm -hmm. it's not an easy balance and uh, it definitely takes like dedication and a schedule. I'm up at 5 a.m. every day. I am a routine type of girl, so... You're like
2: an so athlete, you know what I mean? You're
3: like a professional I'm
4: athlete, Lolo. Like you got Honestly.
2: <laughs> gotta stick to that regimen. Like, cause yeah. you you in a whole different you you got so many moving parts. Like, if you an yeah. hour off, it's gonna throw the whole day off, probably. Yeah. So yeah. Now t- now talk about how you know, um, you know, when you first got into porn like porn, what was that experience like for you? Mm.
4: Thankfully, my best friend was already working. So she had come out to mm. LA and she was like staying with me. But she was like i am gonna do porn she had kind of done her research so she knew what she was getting into this just something she wanted so when i did my very first movie it was with her and another guy ah. um so my process coming in was kind of easy because she already did it and right so my entrance was just like following in her shoes basically mm-hmm. um my first few years i was not successful um Cause I wasn't with a good agent and I wasn't good at porn <laughs> so that also took years for like my career to kind of develop I became homeless while in pornography so like wow. that showed you like how bad my career had gotten my very first year in porn I made eighteen thousand dollars the whole year of porn <laughs> wow <laughs> Is that so- um yeah and now it's crazy because like I can make that in a week now, and it's just uh, my life is massively talk different. your talk, Sylvia. Talk, talk your no. talk. Let,
3: let them know in a week. It might be four days. Why like you playing? Yeah. <laughs> that's wild.
4: But it's just totally different. That's what I'm saying. Like the the come up has been real. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's real.
2: Let me let me ask you this. You said something. You said, uh, because I wasn't good at porn. Did that mean like you you weren't good at sex? Like, how do you like differentiate Mm. the two? So
4: there is a difference between um, being a good sexual partner and being good at porn. And what I will say by that, and I still don't think I'm a very strong performer, only because I've been in the room with other really strong performers. So porn is a, it is a very coordinated dance. It is exhausting. Um... And there's so much that goes into it. Um, it is like being an athlete for one, one, it is physically just demanding on your body. Mm. And then you have to go into the aspect of, you know, the, the verbal that goes on how creative you are with your dirty talk game, you know, how flexible you are with your body, what positions you're willing to get into, um, the amount of partners you're willing to take on uh, different things, <clears throat> all of these things kind of make you this great performer and I was very lazy I was Mm. just kind of having sex with people but what you don't realize in pornography is you're trying to make it very overdone you know you're you're doing things that you know I would never be you know I always use a a big like thing of like you know hanging from a ceiling fan with you know three of my holes filled like it's that Mm. type of thing but it it, it seems crazy but it is exactly that as I've been tied up in crazy positions and you know you're in you know I'm I'm tied to walls while people are fucking me and it's just it's very theatrical yeah and if you are not a theatrical person if you are not the actress and you're not there for the acting portion of it it's very lame and it's very boring and that's yeah. what I was doing for many years
2: mm, Wow. <laughs> So so we, we I mean we've had quite a few um adult adult stars on the show but I don't think I we've ever asked this question like you know when we when we talk you know to people in that profession obviously it's like a business and you you got to carry yourself a certain type of way and it's exhausting but we never hear uh, you all say like it feels good like <laughs> I love the sex like we don't we we never really hear that like is the sex good like do you guys enjoy like sex is supposed to be like something that's enjoyable i love exciting fun but i know you guys talk about because it's your job like you do it but like is it fun is it enjoyable do you like it? so
4: i love sex i don't love porn sex and that's Mm. just the difference porn sex is actual work it's very very hard i love real sex i love Mm. and sometimes on a porn set so There's um, scenes that are called gonzo. And basically in a gonzo scene, it means like you get to do whatever you want. So typically in porn, when you're filming a movie, they tell you five minutes in this position, 10 minutes in this position, five minutes of this. And they basically are instructing you through the entire thing of Mm. how long you have to do each thing, as opposed to a gonzo scene. They're just like, hey, you guys have sex. Don't even worry about opening up the camera. We're going to, you know, we're going to get in there. And also that's another thing of the opening up to camera and you're always having to be so, you know, like so aware of where people are, where mirrors are, because you don't want to catch a cameraman in a mirror, you know. Um, You have to open up to the camera so they can see all of the penetration as opposed to where if I were having regular sex, grinding is a big thing that gets me off. um, And I'm not even allowed to do that in a porn. Mm, Um, There's just so much... That isn't real sex in a porn. If yeah. I always tell people I enjoy porn sex when the cameraman yells cut and I can have sex with my partner. And then as soon as he yells action, I'm usually back in some really uncomfortable position.
2: Oh, so so like when y'all, when y'all cut, y'all still y'all gonna finish doing whatever y'all doing.
4: Yes. Yeah. Just to stay in it, usually. Oh. You know? right. Yeah. Cause Usually, if they're it. cutting, it's to move the lights or to move something. So if you are really into your partner and you guys want to kind of keep it going, you will just continue to have sex while things are going on around you. They're like moving cameras and getting set up for the next scene or whatever.
3: That's risky, wow. though, Sylvia. That's risky from the man's yeah. standpoint. Not from your standpoint. Right. You can you can have sex 24 hours straight. He ain't going to uh, make it. the sex <laughs> is too good, I mean, <laughs> we're only human now. We're only hum- We gonna- <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, but I will damn.
4: say most of our guys are on something on set. So that kind of, you know, helps them out with a free coming or anything like that. Sylvia, yeah. I'm so
2: glad you said that because like so many men watch these shows and all these porn pornos and yeah. have these false expectations of how they should yeah. be for hours and hours. Do you, do you want a man that can have sex for hours? Or do you like a 15 minute and out type of, no. type of situation?
4: I don't think there's Okay. Now, there's a difference between like wanting sex four times a day and wanting an hour and a half long session. Like, do yeah. I want sex four times a day? Yes. Um, but do I want it to be in a long succession like that? Absolutely not. That's exhausting. You know, I'm hungry. I want to get a drink. It's just, it's not, it's not feasible. I would love sex four times a day for 10 minutes each, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's just both right. get off and move on with our day. It, it's,
3: it's kind of like a, a lot of nutritionists will tell you if you're trying to work on like losing weight or building muscle they say eat often but you don't eat a lot you know what i'm saying yes. So like you eat more throughout the day that's a, that's the a good day, point that's a good small point. amount same thing with, like with sex you don't need yeah. to have seven or a an like and, and, and be real as a woman i would assume you you would kind of feel offended if this man is lasting too long you're like damn am i not Yes.
1: Is it not good? That's
4: like what, what's
1: going true. on? Yeah.
4: Yeah. We yes. got things to do. I he gotta does. pay
1: rent no, to like, this weekend. I gotta
2: like I
4: gotta, gotta
3: cook. I gotta fucking write this script. I gotta <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh that's man boring. No, that's real. That's real. And another thing you mentioned too that I I started smiling as soon as as soon as you said it, you said porn is like a um uh it's like a dance so to speak is what yes. you said sexual dance sexual dance yeah, and yes. we, we all got to shout out our, our homegirl lisa ann she came on like a couple years ago
4: oh and, love her
3: and literally said the exact same thing same said thing it's yeah. literally like a it's a, da- a sexual dance you know what i'm yeah. saying that mm-hmm. you have to really get in connection with your partner for it to be for it to be good and for it to be real you know what i'm saying yeah and, uh yeah some, so many things have changed from for in the industry based upon what she said. You know, back back in the days, like in the nineties, they didn't really mm-hmm. take as many like enhancements and stuff like that. Like like the men, so they had to really be into each other in order for yeah. for this to work. Where now, yeah, I think she is the word uh, phrase she used called handholders. Where like it's been times <laughs> you, you'll be on set and the girls are sitting there like get hard, I'll, I'll come over there. And it's like it's damn, true. Like, that's crazy to me. Like yeah.
4: I, I always say, like, so for uh, many years, m- you know, when I was kind of coming up in porn, like, you don't necessarily get to pick your scene partners when you're just getting started. Um, so you you find a lot of that. Like, people, like, don't even talk to you before you're, like, supposed to have sex with them, you know? That's crazy. And th- the more, obviously, now I don't work with anybody who I don't pick, you know, usually... Right. I'm working for a company. They send me a list of the available people and they're like, who would you like off of this menu of humans? Um, so <laughs> it's, it's much different now and I'm more connected I'm to my light. I, For many, many years, it was like, okay, find something about this person that you are attracted to because you're not necessarily attracted to every person, but I'm like, okay, look into their eyes or maybe I like the
1: mm. way that." You-
4: kisses or i like their shoulders and i can pretend that there's somebody else you know so mm.
1: uh,
4: yeah it got really uh kind of uncomfortable in a lot of uh, scenes where you're trying to trying to find something you like about this complete and total stranger because a lot of times too they don't tell you this but the females always get to set first because we have to go through hair and makeup uh and then our our male gets there about 20 minutes before we start filming Sometimes they won't even let the guys come in to talk to you because they don't want to distract the makeup artist. So you could literally be like, walk out from makeup, everyone's done their paperwork. You're like, hi, nice to meet you, and then you have to suck their dick within like three seconds. It's so weird. It's like, wow. oh, hello, I don't even know your real. First of, all, I don't know your name because I don't know your real name. I don't know anything about you. Uh, I know that you're of consenting age to be here. That's about it. Yeah.
3: Damn, so Wow. Very <laughs> don't say no names but have there been time when you went like you turned around you you left the hair and makeup and you saw the guy and you just really was not attracted to him physically like you're like oh my god like this i'm not trying to be mean but like this is just not my type you're not being mean but internally yeah. we all got preferences and what we like let's yeah. be real i'm sure it has yeah. been time where you're like this is not my type how do you get your
4: you know get, get everything yeah.
3: working properly
4: to prepare for that yeah there's definitely been a more than a few times where I'm like this person is not my type um but that's just it I find something about them I'm Shoulder like look in their eyes try to find their soul you know like I because a lot of times too they're horrible people like they're just shitty humans you know and like I'm hearing their conversations that they're having with people and just like hearing them talk about their lives and I'm like oh my god you're a total piece of shit like Damn. I don't want to do at all but I'm about to, you know? So yeah, yeah
3: it's like, you, gotta, it's like you, you, you <laughs> don't even, de- <laughs> it's like, you don't even deserve this, but I gotta get
2: this money. I got it. <laughs> yes. That kind of brings up to our next question. Like for you, like besides money, like, is that like the only thing that like porn gives you? Like, do you kind of see oh other God. things out of porn? I like kind of, what do you get out of porn?
4: Oh my God. It's okay. The money huge, obviously, because that also gives me like the the scheduling freedom and, and things like that. But it changed who I was as a person on a, mm. on every single level. First off, I was very open sexually getting in, but boy, did I not realize how vanilla I was. It's opened my mind to, you know, bisexuality and, in um all sorts of kinks and things kinks it's weird because I don't even consider them as kinks anymore but just (laughs) things I've never been open to sexually that now I'm really into or just the fact of knowing what I want sexually or being able to explore being able to have these conversations with people not being ashamed of who I am um the confidence um it's crazy having a fan base like people who are truly there because Mm -hmm. they who you are. And it's like such an uplifting thing. And you know, it and that's another thing that keeps me going, me wanting to like change the world, but knowing that I have people out there who would be effective, you know, if I right. don't continue doing this. Like it's oh my God. I tell people all the time porn changed my life in so many positive ways. And I feel like I could go on and on and on about it because I do truly feel like it made me a better human. It made me more empathetic to people. It just mm because I became homeless within porn also that the, the empathy that I have towards the homeless is something I would have never in a million years had before me. Mm-hmm. don't realize how quick it can happen to you until it happens. You right. know? Absolutely.
2: So, um, so, so let so let's ask, let's, I, I want to explore this. You know, you, you, you said like when you got into porn, you realized like how vanilla you were. So obviously yeah. you have experience with, you know, um, just different kinks and different positions and doing a lot of different things in the bedroom and transitioning into your personal life now. Yeah, Has it been a challenge for like you having sex with like non-porn men? You know what I mean? As far as like you coaching them up so they can meet <laughs> your expectations?
4: Yeah, I actually, it is weird because I notice when I'm in a, a sexual relationship with someone who isn't in porn, there's a lot more, conversations to be had. And I do feel like a coach. I do feel like I'm like, okay, so you know that we're going to do this. I just want to, I'm all about consent and making sure everyone's comfortable. And I want them to have the best sexual experience that they're going to have. I want me to have the best sexual experience. So it is weird. And I didn't think it would be, but I find when I'm Having sex with other performers, it's just so much easier because there isn't all this weird taboo ness, all this red tape you feel you have to cross. Mm. Like, because I do have to have the, you know, the herpes conversation with people and um, that type of thing. And I don't have to have that with people in the industry. You know, we all kind of like get it. So I don't have to have awkward conversations. I can just be like, hey, are you, you know, like, what are you into? Like, how do you want your balls pulled on? Because Anytime you go into a porn scene, there's, um, there's consent pages that everyone has to fill out. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have sex with anybody, whether you've had sex with them 100 times, or this is the first time you've had sex with them, everyone fills out a consent list, and you go through it together. So you're like, you know, what do you want to do? What do you not want to do? What language do you want to use? What language do you not want to use? So when I'm having sex with other performers, We sit down and do that right before we have sex, and everyone just sits on the bed and they're like, "All right, so what are your do's and your don'ts today?" Like, and my do's and my don'ts could change. I love anal, but I'm not always prepared for it. I haven't always cleaned, so it may change from day to day when I'm with somebody. Of like, "Hey, today, dive into my asshole," or some days it's like, "You can lick it, (laughs) I wouldn't finger it," you know? Like,
1: yeah.
4: (laughs) But I'm so used to those conversations with another performer that we can just get it all out, you know? And I'm like, Hey, you can slap the shit out of me. You know, I don't have another scene for weeks. Like you can leave marks. You can do like this, that, and that. Those conversations are so very normal with performers. Right. That when you get into the real world and you're like, Hey, uh, do you want me to put your balls in my mouth and gargle or you don't know? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no for real that's why
2: they're probably like huh <laughs> i'm thinking uh, in my head right now just somebody, sure. just a list let's, yeah. just, let's just have a conversation like like i i don't want you to eat my ass today but yeah. i can eat your ass and i'd be like
3: yeah. whoa <laughs> <what> we- <laughs> hey it's, it reminds me you know when you go like to the doctor to get like a checkup and they're going through like the list like do you do you smoke okay. yes you drink okay no, for real you, that you have is a history exactly of this
1: <laughs>
3: maybe yes. you should bring consent forms to your personal life and just start and like asking like That's okay real. before you go to my bedroom just thought this yeah. of and um we'll get started trust I mean, me but-
4: i've thought about it and it's funny because when i very first saw that list and i first got into porn because they bring it to you your very first day and they're like you know what are you going to be comfortable with because basically everything in porn is like a it's like a menu you get to choose from and there's pricing for everything so i remember what? the first time i was yes i swear to you it's crazy and so the first time i saw that list i'm going through it and i'm like i mean yeah i'm okay with blowjobs yeah i'm okay with you know this and then i saw atm and i was like atm i was like what does that even mean and they were like ass to mouth and i was like ass to mouth mm. they're like a dick from your ass back into your mouth and i was like oh no. <laughs> oh. that, that I'm not okay
3: with.
1: But at ATM, point, I'm like,
3: automatic machine. I'm like, what are we talking yeah. about? Come
1: on,
2: he's stupid. <laughs> <Automated>. <laughs> ass but to mouth, ATM. You,
4: think you will see scenes where it looks like I've done ass to mouth, but there is editing. So mm. it's like a matter of those things. But yeah, that, that list is for real and it's on every single set. So... Sylvia, and I'm too- like,
2: hey, some shit I can do, but I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. She's like, a-
3: she like, you can eat my ass, but I don't want to know yeah. what my ass tastes like. No, for
2: real. That's a fact.
4: So funny you say that, because if someone does eat my ass, I'm like, no.
2: Ain't no more kissing. It's a wrap. Uh, oh,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's over with. Mm, save You it. made
4: the choice. You made the choice.
2: Right. You made the choice. Deal with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Oh, man.
1: I, I have to imagine, too, though, like, day.
3: you really do. And, and one more thing here. I have to imagine that the, the guys who, you know, let's say you're at a bar, whatever, you meet somebody, and you know, it's, it's going to be yeah. a good night. If, if the guy knows that you're you're in the porn industry, I would have to imagine that mentally that adds a ton of pressure to yeah. tell him because he's like, damn, like I gotta I gotta show out, I gotta, I gotta show this gotta be my best performance. Like, yeah, he's in there, he's in the room stretching while you in the bathroom. He trying yeah. to like, it's like it's a lot of anxiety almost. It's like yeah. man, if I if I come quick, this is gonna be it. She's not gonna be. You know, I'm, there's a lot of pressure on me. That's what I'm trying to say, Sylvia. It's yeah. harder for me in the situation pressure. than it is for women. I'm sorry. I got to yeah. say that.
4: No, I fact. agree with you. And I definitely think there is a ton of pressure for men. And I apologize for that. But I don't know. We, you. <laughs> <laughs> we accept That's your funny.
1: apology, but we're still <laughs> emotional. <laughs> <at all. laughs>
3: I love it. I love it, man. Well, I want to move on to uh uh kind of just your, your your outside of work, right? Like I mean we know who you know Sylvia is, you know, yeah. as a comedian, porn star, but when you're not on camera, when you're not working, what does Sylvia enjoy doing the most? Like like who is Sylvia when she's not at work?
4: Uh, you know, it's funny because um I really just love being a degenerate. Um <laughs> Be specific.
3: Mm. This is the porch.
1: <laughs> no,
4: so a big part of my job is like staying fit and staying healthy so that i i do really enjoy i love being outside i love beach volleyball i love hiking i love all that kind of stuff but one of my favorite things to do is just go cause problems day drinking you know like mm. i i love going to meet random people um i love doing mushrooms i'm um i'm a social butterfly so I will go anywhere either by myself or with one little friend and just be drinking all day and boot bopping to different places and meeting people. And I love it when a day like starts out day drinking. And then like you wind up in Vegas that night, you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. that's my kind of like jam. Like, I just like, I'm a go with the flow kind of girl and free spirit. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your LA that.
3: like hangout area of choice? Cause I'm in LA now I moved out here five years ago. I'm a Midwest guy. Indianapolis, Indiana, you're Kansas yeah. City, Bolo, Chicago, gotcha. uh, Illinois. We're all Midwest right here, but I'm in L.A. Yeah. now. Are, you seem like you come off as a Santa Monica type of, or are, mm. you, are, are you more of a, you're not a valley girl. No, nah, you're more Santa Monica by the water type of girl. That, that's my guess.
4: Yeah. I live in Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, okay, Smitty. Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I do. I, I, beach. Yeah, I try and get to the beach almost every day if- like, if
3: my schedule allows, I'm at the beach every day. Yeah. Damn. Wow. So, okay. So she, yeah. the, okay, okay. So wow. if you're in Santa Monica, you might run into. So yes. You know that is. Run into, she's like, no, yeah. seriously, like
2: tonight, you might. Like. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always wandering the streets. I'm out there. I'm out there. <laughs>
2: That's dope, man. Now, do you that. make any time for dating when you're moving and grooving?
4: Oh, my gosh. I do, but I'm not good at it. Um <laughs>
3: you can say you're a social butterfly, mushrooms, right. you're, you're moving, you're dancing. Yeah. That's half the battle.
4: I have no problem meeting people. I am excellent at meeting people. I am like a first, second, third date queen. I okay. am so good at those dates. But um it's anything past that because then I think I start to like people and I think that scares people. Cuz they're like mm. I don't actually want to date a porn star. And I'm like mm. oh. okay.
3: Let me okay. Let me ask you this yeah. though: what would you get in a serious relationship at this point in your career? Like, would would you be would you be okay mentally saying like having a, a serious man at home, woman, whatever? That you yeah. he, you're deeply in love, but you about to go fuck somebody else here in Ooh. an hour. Dang. So
4: here's the thing with that: I am open to a relationship, but I would not continue. Well, that's difficult. I say I wouldn't continue fucking other people because in my mind, my perfect partner would want to make porn with me. (laughs) So my perfect partner in my head would be like, well, just fuck me on your OnlyFans and we'll just do that. And I would love that. And maybe they're open to women and we could bring other women in or however that works. Or maybe they're open to men. I don't know. I would like to keep my partner involved in my sex life if I'm going to keep it up but I don't have to work for companies anymore. Like I said, financially, I do, I do so well for myself. So my, my own content is what I want to make it. So I would love if the person I'm with also just wants to make content with me, you know?
3: Well, Hey, single fellas out there, man, you heard what you just said. <laughs> if you want to make some content, you want to split that bag, make some good money. With yes! it, you want to bring a woman into it and a couple, couple, yes. of it it and you want to, I mean, it's like nice. you want to go to the Santa Monica bars and drink and do yoga.
2: Not nice. bad lifestyle. I mean, it's put on the platter for I
3: mean, you, yeah. it's right it's there. Put on the platter for you.
1: It's That's right. There.
3: So, yeah. Wow. Now let me ask you this because you brought up a couple times. And if you ain't comfortable asking the question, I completely understand. But I, it's the portion I gotta ask you. Yeah. You talking about the type of money that you are making on OnlyFans? You, you, you used to do the full blown porn with the company. Now you do your own stuff with the OnlyFans because yeah. you, because you shared. A range, or even a direct Ball number, heart. of like what's the what's the largest amount you've seen in a week? Because I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Like this OnlyFans stuff is really it's starting getting to, crazy. It's getting crazy, and you got me over here. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm clocking in every day. I'm like, what am I doing? Come right? on.
4: Um, I will say my best week was a little over twenty thousand.
3: Mm, mm, mm. In a week? We
2: talking bro. about a week, y'all?
4: Yeah.
3: She didn't say a quarter. She didn't say a couple, three months for. He said a week. Yeah, a week. Most people get paid 2000 dollars in two weeks. She got paid twenty thousand in a week. That's a hell yeah.
4: Of a week, yeah, yeah. I um,
3: yeah. I I make more money in a month than most people make in a year for sure. Ooh, talk to your colleague Sylvia. So I like I like Sylvia. She's talking that talk. She ain't hiding from it. She's not walking away from it. She said, "I didn't be through yeah. hell and back. I'm gonna yeah. talk my talk." Like yeah. to go to yeah. go from homeless bolo. She was homeless. You know, you I went from homeless,
4: come on now. I went from being a homeless person to making my first million in a year. Um, my first million dollar a year um in five years. Five years. Five years of yeah. living in my car to making over a million dollars in one year.
2: That's a testimony right there. So
3: what's possible then? So 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 what you're saying you is right now, you saying you saying a porch podcast, we can make a million. You saying it's possible. Is that what you're telling me right now, Sylvia? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah
1: come
3: on let's make it happen hey she just spoke hey, she gave me hype right now my love. she just said it she said she just said it and, and we didn't start homeless Molo, so i mean we got we got a little bit of a we got a little
2: we might get too i don't know what i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah i love it i yeah. love
3: it you silly as hell man here yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
3: big testimony man but let's move on to yeah. our quick hitter so this is our last segment these are just some quick fun i'll, I'll call them games Uh um, and you just, hey, just, just have some fun with it. So yeah, this first one, we're going to play a little bit of a true or false.
4: Okay.
3: All right, I'm going to go with the first one. I know you're from Kansas City, so I got to ask you this. I'm a, I'm a big foodie, so I got to yeah. start with a food question. True or false? Kansas City has the best barbecue in America. Mm.
4: True. What? Damn. No doubt. No doubt. I've, I've heard, heard that, know.
1: though.
3: I think some I of them Texas that. folks, them Dallas folks in Houston are gonna be a little upset about that. So I'm gonna say. I don't know. That Memphis, is- Memphis might yeah. be a little upset about that. Mm-hmm. I will
4: say it's different. So every every place has different barbecue, and I don't um <laughs> I grew up so whitewashed, I can't do spice. So Kansas mm, City barbecue yeah. is sweet. So that's Ooh, why
2: okay. I- sweet barbecue. I like mm-hmm. I like sweet and
3: spice. I like them
4: both. Yeah. Sweet
2: baby Ray's. You know? yeah like it. that
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: jump in there, so. <laughs>
2: okay uh here we go Sylvia true or false bigger is better
4: well false Ooh, yeah, that's no, honest, let's I get into it no because I want to be able to like sit fully down on you like I said um for Holy me down. grinding is a huge part of my like orgasm so if Ooh. I can't sit fully down on you what is the point of it? And what
1: gotcha. am I just free floating on
3: a penis? That's not fun at all. Mm. No mm. fun. Yeah. So, so the, the the short king, the small kings, gonna gonna probably appreciate this, man. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so so the smaller the better. Okay. Yeah. You, you heard you heard.
4: Well, that. I don't know that smaller the better is the
2: no, like, don't, 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 don't do that. Happy. Don't do that. Hey, That's- put a little quote out. Sylvia
3: says that the smallest. <laughs> like, no, I she did like, not back say it up that. A little bit.
2: Back it up just a little You're bit.
3: you saying me, Yeah. Jump. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Oh, um, shit.
3: Okay, next one. True or false? <laughs> Sylvia has had sex on Venice Beach. False. What? Like, I've had sex in Venice,
4: but not, like, on the beach okay okay yeah. you sound
3: a little disappointed when i when you i know that. i am
4: a little disappointed but i have had sex in malibu on the beach so
3: that's even better that's fucking nuts. you buy the yeah. money over there okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i love it okay
4: that's um, on my only fans also so <laughs>
3: okay hey subscribe got you got you got you okay <laughs> i got one more true or false and we are gonna move on okay Sex with a black man is the best kind of sex. True or false? Ooh.
4: <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer that. I will say I enjoy sex with um all types of humans.
2: Great answer. There you go. Great answer. Of course it hey, ain't. Great answer.
4: Whatever you yeah. want to answer.
2: That's hey, a hey. great answer. <laughs>
3: they say once you go black you don't go back so that's why that's why the question got proposed we didn't say that the fourth family said it so hey we got to bring it up to you it's the real show on the internet
1: so
4: (laughs) yeah Uh. no i i that is one thing about porn that i truly also really appreciated is um i didn't have like an open culture to like different types of people so Mm. i've been able to sleep with black men, black women, Mexican men, um, Israel, you know, Israeli men, like all types of different people I would have never had, like, in my upbringing, you know, trans people, um, bisexual people, like all of it, you know, like, I had never watched a man suck a dick prior to getting into porn, you know, so Mm. all a lot of new things for me, but I've enjoyed every single one of them got you all right
2: okay
3: Okay. i respect that i respect that next game called would would you ever okay we got got two two ones here two scenarios i'll go with the first one below you could jump in on the second one. the first one would you ever make an adult film scene with a fan at one of your comic shows
4: Um, it would be really hard to do because of the testing because um, i don't have sex with anyone who isn't tested oh, okay um, but if we could coordinate it some way somehow i would yes
2: that's cool
3: like, see i got a major i got a bachelor in, in marketing so now my brain is yeah. right now imagine you i know you have a one hour special uh i think you're preparing yeah. for it coming up. imagine just hypothetically if you start promoting, hey, one of my fans will have the opportunity to sleep with me. So now, yeah. so you, you got it. You have to have a ticket. You have to be in this section. Yeah. So now you get to you get to your comment show. At the end of the show, you pick out a random seat number. Yeah, that person. Oh my god! And they have to go through everything—the testing, this, that, and that. And yeah. then you guys make a thing on your OnlyFans.
2: But bro, you got to remember though, Sylvia, she at the point now, bro, where she got a list where she can choose from. So she may get a guy who may be (laughs) butt ass ugly where she can't, you know
4: what I mean? Or she could
2: get a beautiful woman. Who knows what she might get? Yeah, she could get anybody.
4: Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see about that. I did think about just because my dating life is so shit. I have thought about um, like proposing a show about like, so you think you want to date a porn star, you know. Ooh. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I just haven't pitched it to anyone yet. But yeah, Damn. I love that, man. Uh, you
1: said also, it on
2: the
3: porch. I say I say this, if Put something comes here. to your mind, hey, let it go. Yeah, it happen. Let go it happen. with your gut, go with your gut. Don't, don't, don't get yeah. too come on now. It's a reason why it's on your mind. I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also,
4: because I think I've realized that I have to date a fan of mine I have come to realize that it's so much harder for me to meet a person who doesn't know who I am and kind of explain my life to them rather than find somebody who's already a fan of mine and kind of has a little bit of information about me it's just such an easier sell
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's true it's a lot easier for you
1: yeah
3: I respect that I respect that we got one more, Bolo. Okay,
2: okay, last one. Last one. Would you ever go back to working in the hospital? Nope. <laughs> nope.
4: I will like, never work no. for anyone else ever again.
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. that's I will better. only
4: find my own boss from here on out. And I have learned so many ways to navigate the, the boss mentality that I'm like, I will never. I will never work for anyone as long as I live.
2: Hell yeah. That's motivating as fuck yeah we need that energy we need that energy shit because i'm trying to be my own boss too yeah yeah, yeah no boss up
3: man. i love that man that's the goal man hopefully this podcast, you know what not hopefully this podcast will keep blowing up and keep growing and get yeah. to a point where hey this gonna be this the main thing Can be the main thing so main yeah thing,
2: the main thing yep love that, bro.
3: last yep. one here and then uh you know we'll, we'll end the show with this one it's a fill in the blank okay one fill in the blank my biggest fantasy is blank. Take your oh, time.
4: it's no, I got it. I already know Ooh. it. I, <laughs> I masturbate to it all the time. Oh. um, it's me being in Vegas and meeting a stranger at the Blackjack table because I love Blackjack. Um and we're flirting all night and he like slips his leg um under the table into my dress. and of course, I'm not wearing any panties, so he starts fingering me at the Blackjack table. We get in trouble we get kicked out, we go to the elevator, we start, we're going to his room, my room doesn't matter. We start fucking on the elevator, the doors open up, people are watching us fuck. And then we like get into his room, we're down the hallway of like, you know, ripping each other's clothes off and shoes are falling different places. And then we get into the room and we have like the hottest sex ever. That's my. Wow. (laughs)
1: He <laughs> just got quiet on the porch.
3: <laughs> 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 he just got quiet on the porch. You can hear, <laughs> you can hear a, a, a pin drop on the porch right now. That was probably the most vivid feeling the blank we might have ever had. Very to, vivid. But I just saw everything that she just said. It's almost That's like crazy. Like yeah, I, I think like
2: about
4: it a lot. I think about it a lot. But
3: you did, you did, you said you led this saying you masturbate to this very often. Oh, and that yeah. was the
2: attention getter, like boom. Right. Yeah. Class for, all the, for all the
3: audio listeners who, who are not visually watching this, I cannot confirm nor deny if she was masturbating while she was sharing that <laughs> I don't know. You have to go watch the video of this either on our YouTube channel or Caffeine TV. <laughs> all I will say is things got a little spicy right here to end <laughs> the show. So, yeah.
2: Make sure. I hope, hey, look, Sylvia, I hope y'all cashed out, too, while y'all was at the table as well. <laughs> <did> <laughs> of course. <laughs> did he man, grab look, his chips? Okay. We good. He, he, he <laughs> grabbed <laughs> his chips. We really good, then. We really gonna have a good night.
3: <laughs> Don't forget the chips, man. No, I love it, man. Uh, Sylvia, this has been an amazing podcast. Uh, Again, we, we've, we've already said it a couple times. I want to say it again. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable <clears throat> and open and honest and fun. Uh, Definitely have two more. Uh, so supporters uh, to add to your fan base. And I'm sure a tons of the, of the porch family will be hopping on as well. Uh, use this time to kind of shout out anything that you have going on that you want to be able to, to promote, let fans know where they can find you on social media. This is your time to do your thing.
4: Yeah. So uh, I'm sure it won't come out before then, but tomorrow I'm in long beach doing a show at hamburger Mary's. Uh, and then this weekend, I'll be at the Roosevelt on Friday night um, doing Jimmy Shen's birthday bash. Um, you can find me on onlyfans.com at Sylvia Sage XXX, uh, Instagram at the Sylvia Sage, or I'm rebuilding my TikTok for like the sixth time because I keep getting them deleted. Um, oh, but uh, I think this time it's Sylvia Sage 2.0 is where we're at. Yeah. find me there (laughs) or uh, on YouTube my podcast
3: Sexy Funny Raw Sexy Funny
4: Raw make sure y'all go
3: subscribe check (laughs) her out show her some love she's working on an hour special as we speak make sure y'all support all things Sylvia and uh, man we appreciate you so much Bolo how do we end the show can you you, you remind me we we missed last (laughs) week
2: we sure did hey look just like our girl Sylvia said you gotta be your own boss so just yeah. make sure if you listen to this, it's time to boss up. And every time you wake up in the morning, just make sure that the best you is the best you. And
0: we out. Peace. Started on the porch. That was where I began. Had to put in work every day. We got it in. Chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it We make it look easy, we achieving everything we needed Now we undefeated, if we link, no it's only business If we get to speaking, leave them speechless I did things for free but now it costs to see me When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me Just don't plot to sneak me, I'ma see it I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated What are we bleeding? From the jungle, we humble but hungry and hunting to feed. People don't want us to leave. They love us and rush to the bus when we run in the streets, thinking we stun in the sea. We came from nothing to something, now up in the lead. Now we ain't coming in peace, hunting for blood and to crush everyone in the league. We got a reason. We put in work every day of the week, every month, every season. So many schemes had to go off for the team. We gave our all and succeeded. Came from the deep end, woman up pots cooking ramen at times that was all we was eating. Now we be feasting five star restaurants every week. Whole teams in cloth and the seems They looking. When we step on the scene Call us out cash We so fresh and so clean Ain't about cash Please don't ask for a meet And just hit the stoop, out the spells on a beat Nah it ain't rude If you ask for the feet Just play it cool When I tax you the feet We need a pool in the back With a cord and a board to go jump off And splash for the heat Live for the day cause the past can't determine the future or where you gon' actually be Keep staying present, our presence a blessing, it's all that we have and we actually need I'm taking action with passion, detaching the ones who keep acting attached, to leech I am no pastor but actually preaching, look up these Start letters and actually reach That was where all began, had to put in work, everyday we got it in Chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it We make it look easy, we achieving everything we needed Now we undefeated, if we link, no, it's only business If we get to speaking, leave them speechless I did things for free but now it costs to see me When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me Just don't plot to sneak me, I'ma see it I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated